London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO and 106.3. On the FM dial, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. I'm trying to keep it as local as we can, and we will certainly accomplish that in hour number two. Uh, in the first hour of the program, this is the BMW of Des Moines guest list. It looks like this. We will start uh, with Ryan Fagan. And from the sporting news, going to do a, a hit on Major League Baseball. Ryan Fagan, I thought, wrote some really good stuff on Tony Larusa. I know it's forty-eight hours old now, but still, uh, somewhat of a talking point. We won't linger, but we will certainly discuss with Ryan Fagan before we uh, move around the MLB with uh, Ryan Fagan of the Sporting News. Who's he? Is our only guest in the first hour of the program? John Bowen Camp kicks off hour number two. A lot of ground to cover with John. We'll do some, you know, some Dodgers, some Big Ten. Some Iowa uh, with uh, John Bowen Camp at 11.05. And then 11.25, going to do a, a back-to-back hit with a couple of the local teams. Uh, Randy Wayhofer on the Iowa Cubs, who play at uh, 12 o'clock today. So he'll join us just in time for that as the I-Cubs uh, continue to open things up at Principal Park. More ticket availability. I believe that was announced within the last oh, couple of hours. So Randy Wayhofer on that. And then Joe Stacy, whose Barnstormer Weekly Show debuts tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, the Barnstormers begin play uh, this coming uh, this coming weekend uh, at the well, and Joe Stacy, the voice of the Barnstormers, will give us a few minutes on uh, what he thinks the season is going to look like. Um, a little FAQ, if you will, on Barnstormers 2021. Terrific night of sports. I think there was a lot of folks that were on the what a waste of time this playoff NBA campaign is. I think though, a lot of folks have changed their tunes after watching Lakers and the Warriors last night as the two superstars certainly put on a, a show and the Lakers prevail as LeBron was poked in the eye, or was he? Said he was. Uh, but regardless, he made the shot, and the uh, Lakers move on, and the Warriors will have to play tomorrow night. A lot of good hockey. Baseball was good. Your twins fell again. Other than that, how are you? I'm doing well, but not as well as you as your Jets. Didn't see that coming. Got it done. Mm-hmm. And now are the favorite in the series. Now that Are they really the favorite? You can get Edmonton plus 110. I might have done that already. You know what? If you haven't, you should. Yeah, uh, They're not going to keep Connor McDavid off the score. The Oilers were goalied last night. The Jets goalie is as good as there is in the game. Connor Hellebuck is his name. He's a Michigan kid. Uh, he was the Vezina Trophy winner last year. He's good, and he was terrific last night. Uh, Nazem Kadri from the Colorado Avalanche has a hearing today. Another cheap shot out of this guy. He doesn't need to do that. He's a good player, and he will be suspended because of the body of work. Um, what else? I mean, so much. Let's start with the NBA because yeah. that was the marquee event of the night last night. And Trent, I thought when, when Curry hit the one at the buzzer at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, I, I don't know if I may probably make too much of the momentum going into the locker room. These right. guys are pros, right? They're going to come out and you would think. But at the time, it seemed like, oh, wow, that's a big shot. I wonder if this is going to, when it's all said and done, uh, how big of an impact that shot will play. 
But in the end, it was the Lakers, and in the end, it was a terrific basketball game, I thought. And, and it was really, I thought, the third quarter. The oh, third quarter, sure. the turnovers from Golden yep. State. And the lead, Trent, of what was it, 13 at the mm-hmm. half? It was gone in an instant. Oh, well, a couple of minutes, four, well, three minutes, four. And, and it really went to, and I put this in my notes, as it was happening and unfolding, and you look up at seven in a snap of a finger. Right. This is the NBA, and this is yeah, the part that yeah. you and I kind of get our memories jogged. Oh, yeah, this is what happens in this sport. And it doesn't matter if it's 13. It doesn't matter if it's 20. Right. Leads evaporate so quickly, and it leads to, for me as a gambler, the wild swings that you get. You keep an eye on that money line. And you have so many middling opportunities over the course of a game, a game that you anticipate is going to ultimately be close, that is a coin flip game. At some point, you're going to be able to give both teams in plus money. You're going to be able to. Last night, it went from the Lakers at one point. I got them at 140. It went up to 180 shortly afterwards. And they come in and and look like they were going to coast. I think with two minutes left, I saw Golden State was up to like plus 750. Jesus. When they got it up to seven, that's what it was. It was back up to seven for the Lakers. The wild swings that you have in the money line. If you really got to pay attention to this, don't you? I, and it's fun. It's something to keep you even more entertained, keep you more interested in these games and the way they're playing out. You're going to make money. If you're paying attention, you're going to make money. Now, are there limits? Probably. I mean, they're not going to let you put ten grand down on each side. Yeah, but, but when it was you, you're betting four or five dollars. Right, exactly. And, and you do that and you build it up uh-huh. and you're doing that for every night playoff NBA game? Yeah. I'm in. Right. I'm excited for it. Well, when you can, as you mentioned, when you can find an opportunity to get plus money for both sides, mm-hmm. you just you sit know, back, absolutely, and enjoy it. And Especially that's what it I covers did. the juice if you get that much. LeBron gets that pass, and I just had a feeling as just, he's rising up mm-hmm. from what do they end up saying? 30, 35 feet, feet thirty, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and it just was one of those feelings that it's going to go down. It had it was that kind of night, mm-hmm. and a night where. LeBron didn't shoot it very well. No. Nope. AD certainly was not himself. Well, until the second half when they put him at the five. Schrader was as bad as I've ever uh-huh. seen him, especially in the first yep. half of the yep. game. Yep. He was absolutely brutal. No, he was. And that was another thing. I, I can't remember. I think I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was a really good point, though. At halftime, the Warriors are up 13. They should be up 26. Could have been, sure. Yeah, it I mean, certainly could have been more, for the sure. The Lakers played yeah. that poorly. Yeah. And Wiggins was guarding his you-know-what off, and mm-hmm. so was Green in the first half. They were shutting down the Stars. Yeah, that's a fair point. It was 13, but it certainly could have been more. Mm-hmm. So, another thought for you. Watching Steph Curry, we've seen better basketball players. LeBron mm-hmm. is higher. MJ. Think of the great NFL players, baseball players, whatever it is. But there's, there's something about the guy that is just so relatable. He's so relatable, you think... Well, I could have done that because he's not 6'8", 280 of all no. muscle. Right. He Now, he's still 6'3". Uh-huh. He doesn't look it. But no, he, he is bigger. He's taller than you think. But there's just something about him and about the way he carries himself that it it lends itself to the everyman. Where you, you look at this guy and say, you know what? If I would have put the time in at the gym, I could be sitting there hitting 40-footers, warming up all day long. Yeah, the bloodlines didn't hurt. That, that helps, too. But there's something with that guy. I don't know what the correct adjective is to describe him. Brilliant. No doubt. There's the relatability, though, to it. I, I think takes it to another level and takes it. He's one of the most entertaining mm-hmm. athletes that I've seen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. 
I have a smile on my face when he's doing his right. thing. You know, there's other guys that are jaw dropping just because you couldn't even believe to do things like that, regardless of what the sport is. That's not him. It's just it's incredible, and it brings a smile to my face every single time. I don't want this guy to be an even bigger part of my life. I want him to do it for another half decade and do it in a big time way. And it and maybe in a different time zone. That that would help too. Right. It's you know, John Cannon texted me as a month ago when he was really going. I wasn't watching. Yeah, I was. I just, you know, we we have to pick our battles and pick what we're doing. And the NBA for me is one that goes to the back until we get to this spot. Trent, I didn't watch a minute of the first game. I did not watch a minute. Didn't even get into it. No, I watched the early hockey game. Mm -hmm. I was into the Bruins uh, and the Caps. That was terrific. And then my squad came. I didn't see a minute of the first game. I saw. Can't help you at all if you want to talk about it. Five minutes maybe of the first half. And then watched when it got tightened up Uh again. But same kind of thing. You're kind of making those choices. And I was into the hockey a lot more than I anticipated. Well, you should be. I mean, you're unbeaten for crying out loud. You're Mr. Hockey. Never mind Gordy Howe. (laughs) Six and oh against the spread. We'll try to hand out some more winners here at about 1150 here this morning. But the Steph Curry part of it, I love the dude. I absolutely love the dude. And. My rooting interest, big time, is tomorrow night for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. A little nervous, though. So what is is the number come out yet on that game? It has, yeah. And I took a gander at it. Right now, it is Warriors by three and a half. Seems about right. Right. I don't have a strong opinion when yeah. I saw the initial Which number. Which means it's a pretty good number. Right. Tonight, Pacers getting three in D.C. against the Wizards. If the Pacers shoot it like they did the other yeah, night. That's just, it was, uh, how about Dougie McDermott? Yeah. My God. And if Bradley Beal looks as bad as yeah. he did two it, nights it ago. wasn't interested. I'm grabbing the Pacers uh-huh. this evening. But yeah, that, I I just want to see more Steph. And I want to see him. And how great would that be? We get Steph against the Jazz with George mm. Niang, mm. the way that he's playing. We get that local connection on top of it. It's going to be great. It is. Fingers it, crossed. And, and now the Lakers get the Suns, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I was all over the Suns team, but I think that that was, yeah. and I bet the Suns. I got eighteen to one on them, uh, and I don't think I'm going to be and long for that one. You might be able to get a higher number now today. Probably, I bet you I could. Right? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean they got some dudes, not enough of them when LeBron's on and when mm-hmm. Davis is going, and he was yesterday. Well, particularly in the second half, uh, he was going. Nice to see. You. I mean, Horton Tucker got some playing time. He did. didn't play a bunch, but he's up there on the floor. Yep. Um, yeah, fun night, and and I just have to think that all of those. You know, people that were shooting arrows through, uh, at this uh, at this format. I got a feeling they probably came around after watching that one last night. I get it. Seemed like you know Tuesday night in Dayton with a couple of sixteen seeds a couple of nights ago, particularly in the early game. I mean, the Hornets just. I mean, they couldn't yeah. have cared less, right? They could not have cared less to be part of that game. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, a lot of hockey tonight. Uh, your Twins have a double dip tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, what what else? Uh, what's the marquee? Oh, there's a ton of hockey. It's good. To, I'm going to watch Toronto and Montreal just because I'm programmed to do so. Get the Cubs this afternoon. Yeah, they play uh, the the finale, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, against uh, against the Natty's boy Scherzer. Isn't he fun to watch? Trent, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year, and yep. there's a lot of speculation that if the Nationals fall out of this thing, uh, because I guess there's talk that he may be on his way out of Washington. How old is he? 36. 36. Um, So he's he's clearly got a couple of good years left Mm -hmm. in him. But he's a St. Louis kid. And I was listening, I was watching the game last night at the point where they were talking about um, 
uh, the first time, because him and Lester hit free agency the same year. Oh, that's right, yeah. And Lester, of course, comes to the Cubs. And John Mazalak apparently has, uh, uh, he gets up in the morning, he looks in the mirror, and he's disappointed in himself that he didn't make a bigger attempt to sign the hometown kid uh, the first time when he got to Washington. So if the Cardinals continue to... You know, rule the roost in the central and the way things are going. I mean, the Brewers are crapping the bed. The Brewers are crapping the bed. Royals are, uh, they're taking it to them in in, uh, the interleague play that's going on right now. St. Louis has a chance this weekend if they were to, you know, even just win the series uh, for the Cardinals, put a little daylight between them and the Cubs. And I mean, the Cubs might go uh, get into St. Louis this weekend under 500 because they play this afternoon. But point being is Scherzer at the deadline. To the Cardinals, if the Washington Nationals are in sell mode, mm-hmm. I mean, what would that do for that rotation? Oh, it, or any rotation, <laughs> for that matter. You're right, too. There's something about Max Scherzer, kind of going hand-in-hand with the Steph conversation. It, it was a night where some of my favorite guys, not for teams that I root for, mm-hmm. I'm not one of those weirdos that just roots for players. You know any of those people? Just roots for players? Yeah, that has followed LeBron wherever they've uh, gone, and that's yeah. that's their favorite team. You know, I'm sure there are. The... I think it's a younger generation thing because... So if they, if they went to the school that you graduated and they were there when you were there, mm-hmm. maybe? I don't know. I've never been that sports fan. I As much as I love Max Scherzer. It's the name on the front, not the name on the right. back. I wasn't a Tigers fan. Right. Not a Nats fan. Uh-huh. As much as I love watching Steph Curry... Not a Warriors fan. Tigers were my first team. Were they? Yeah, Mickey Lolich and Denny McLean in the mid late sixties. There's just I, I can't do it. I don't understand the people that do. Right. But Scherzer's one of those guys for me. When he's on and he's on TV, mm-hmm. I'm watching the mentality, mm-hmm. the the way that he controls the game and controls the pace. Now, that's one thing that would be taken away with the pitch clock. If we ever get there in Major League Baseball. Did I see, I think Birchie was tweeting yesterday, Tommy Birch from the Register. Were there three violations at Principal Park yesterday afternoon? I saw the second one that he had tweeted out. Was yeah, there another then, one then afterwards? He, then he just tweeted the number three, so I assume yeah. that's what it was. Uh, yeah, Michael Jordan, did you become a Wizard fan? No. <laughs> right? Of course you didn't. But there's some people that do. I Birmingham Bull? can never understand that. It's never going to happen for me. It's Scherzer. The way that he carries himself, and mm-hmm. he's a different pitcher than when he was having twenty strikeouts, right. and you know those kind of games. Brown eye and a blue eye, but he still commands yeah. the mound, and you know, I'm in control out here. Yes, he is. And the Cubs got bases loaded in the fifth, yeah. and Tried he still found out. a way. He found a way, and he controls that game. We got to see the greats last night. No, That's it was a, good a fun thing. night going up against Arietta, and uh, as you mentioned, Scherzer in the fifth inning found a way to get out of it. He was it was bases loaded with one out, and he uh, got a couple of um, you know no, no threat outs, if you will. So, and I also had the uh, the thought, Andrew Downs, our program director, had asked me yesterday. Uh, he was putting together a little clip of what we did last year for Restaurant Radio. Oh, yeah, was he? And so, what's, up, what's behind that, you know? I, I think he was just uh, putting it together. I don't know if it was something for sales or one something else. One of the proudest else, moments of, uh, it was more in a moment, mm-hmm. one of the best things that I've ever been a part of on radio. It was great. It really was. We we really if enjoyed it. If I don't say so myself. Yes, it was. It was excellent. You and, know what, Trent? It's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know if we brought people to doorsteps in the beginning of the pandemic or not. But you know, as much as anything, I thought that we did well. And thank you to Nick Mick for making it possible, mm-hmm. NCMIC. I think maybe at the end of the day, 
it gave those restaurant owners a little bit of hope. Sure. You know, that that they're getting a chance to publicize, you know, that we that, that they weren't left alone. You know what I mean? Because yeah. no one had there's no freaking playbook for what we just went through. And for all of those the fears that they must have had, their hard their sweat, their labor, their cash, their livelihood, their family, their homes. Nobody knew. And if we Again, did some people show up? Yes, I know that they did. Mm-hmm. But I think it was as much as anything hope. That people are out there. Yeah, people that, are going to right, come in. That, that we're not alone. Yes, and there's going to be people that are going to help you and prop them yes. up. Yes. You know, we talked to the people so inside. So glad we did that. The restaurant industry. It was great. Uh-huh. I talked to a number of the people that were involved, some of them that have been past clients of mine, and they said, yeah, it was the bump, but it's also a little deeper than that, right. like you said. It was a great thing. But that's what we were doing last year at this time. And <laughs> I know there were people that... Now probably, there's too much. <laughs> that wasn't listening to Sports Talk Radio at the time. If you missed it, we just invited twice a week, six, eight, ten restaurant owners, yeah. managers, whatever it may be, onto our show. Just talk Three. about it. Yeah. And people couldn't believe... All right, what's the catch? Yes. There's no catch. And no catch. I, honest to God, I spent as much time trying to convince mm-hmm. these people to come on and because there's no catch. Right. And people didn't believe me. People would hang up on me because they thought this is a sales call. Right. It's not a, it never was about a sales call. How did we get here? Oh, Andrew Downs. So, so finish. Yeah. So, so AD, you know, asked me to put that together, but that was my notes last night as I was bouncing everywhere. I, yeah. I probably need new remotes in my battery. Like you said, too much. Right. It wasn't too much. No. It, was, it wasn't too much. And I mentioned that smile that came on my face and another ridiculous step three yeah. that he hit. That thought crossed my mind and a smile came through my, cro- my face again, just mm. thinking about that. And I'm making bets for the PGA Championship. Yep. And uh, Sipker, he has a pool that I'm in every year and I forgot to do it. So he's texting me around midnight right after the Lakers game. And so Last I'm putting that, thing, yeah, I'm putting that thing together so it's ready to go by 6 a.m. this morning. <laughs> and just going on and on and on. It's... We got sports back, uh-huh. and you and I were on trips last week, and we have normalcy as close to back as we can, and we think about this fall and going to Jack Trice, as Jamie Pollard said yesterday. How about that announcement? Yesterday? Banging that thing out yep. with 61+. More, plus. more than 100%. More than, Fill it up. Kinnick Stadium, thinking about the first time yep. I walk into there, not as a guy on the radio, as a fan, as somebody well, that didn't get no to go last there. Year. At least a few people right. got to see Campbell. And I want to get to Matt Campbell in a second, but finish your thought. It's just that that thought that this is what we do. Mm-hmm. That it was great to be able to help in the way that we do and the way we did last year. But ultimately, and especially for you and I and how we do our radio mm-hmm. show, we need sports. Mm-hmm. And we had so much of it last night. Boy, it was a great place to be. Yeah, it really was. Um, it was. There was. There's no such thing as overkill, but there was certainly a lot. All right. So the Matt Campbell story that came out yesterday, CBSSports.com was naming the what was it? The top. The top. I saw the top ten college football coaches. And they Matt have them came, listed all. Oh, they do. One through one twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, so well, the, I, I saw the top ten, and it was Hassel, and it was Dennis Dodd, and there was a couple of other faces. Um, but regardless, so Dennis Dodd broke this story. I think he broke the story. Mm-hmm. Had you heard this Absolute, little nugget? Not, so, well, not even close to the detail that was involved. We in. had heard, not sure we gave it much credence, because I don't think, I thought, and I don't think you did, Matt Campbell stayed at Iowa State. Yeah. But apparently there was significant interest in the Detroit Lions. This is Dennis Dodd, not a blogger, 
Um, you can say what you want about him. You're, if you write something about your team, you like him. If he takes a shot the next week, he's an he's a yes, he's an a hole. Yeah, right. Um, but so Dennis Dodd's got some skin in the game in this in the journal, sports journalism game. He said on the video, and you can find it cbssports.com, I'm sure is where it is about Matt Campbell apparently turning down sixty eight and a half million dollars to coach the Detroit Lions for eight years. Eight-year, $68 million contract. And Dodd said this, and they didn't have this part of the story confirmed, but he was told that along with that incredible amount of money also came, it was his team. Yes. He got to call all the shots. Mm -hmm. He's essentially the coach. He had full control, according to Dennis Dodd. That part he hadn't had confirmed. But he was adamant that Matt Campbell turned down $68.5 million. Michael Swain, our friend from CycleAlert.com, he tweeted it and, of course, got ripped because he's a blogger. This wasn't his story. Right, yeah, yeah. This is Dennis Dodd's story. CBS Sports, he's been around, he's covered college football forever. Do you believe it? 68.5, and if indeed he did, does he need his head examined? Yes, yes, Absolutely. Especially as it pertains to the control. This isn't an Iowa State thing. No, this is any job, any job, and this is an NFL job. This isn't to take over at Timbuktu State. No, this is this is one of thirty-two. One of thirty-two. We can make fun of the ineptitude, Mm -hmm. but sixty-eight million dollars. Guess what, Cyclone fans? People made fun of the ineptitude of your football program before he got there too. This is the Lions, and this is an NFL job. The control part of it, the money is eye-opening. Oh. You're talking about just a shade under $70 million. He's paid well. Yeah. $4 million right. a year goes a long ways in Ames, Iowa. Right. Guess Absolutely what? does. And I'm glad he turned it down. $9.5 million goes a long ways oh, in Detroit, too. Oh, my gosh. It's, he has life-changing money. For his regardless. kids? Kids. 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 Right. This is life-changing mm. money. He already has life-changing Yes, money. he does. For a guy that absolutely played football at Mountain Union, yep, was probably. I mean, a lot of those guys, what, be the high school football coach? Yeah, you yeah. know, teach history, and mm-hmm. eh, by year twenty of teaching, maybe I'll make six figures. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of what your right. range you do. He's making millions of dollars right. coaching football, and, and he loves where he's at. And I, I couldn't be happier that he's here. He's making Iowa State relevant. It's the control part of it. If he really did have, not that he's going to be. Both GM and head coach, because you can't do that. But at eight years, sixty-eight point five million, there's a pretty good chance if things aren't going well, you're going to outlast the GM, and you're going to be able to work with that GM, pick that GM, get the people you <laughs> I want. Certainly have a say. That is something that he may never be offered again, even if if he takes Iowa State no. to even higher heights than they are right and now. now. You know what? If, what you just said, I'm not sure he cares. If he's ever offered again. Right. If you're turning down that much, obviously he loves where he is. Mm-hmm. He loves where he is. And selfishly, I love where he is because he moves the needle. Right. And it was like I covered a lot of, not covered, that's not the right word, opined on a lot of bad Iowa State football over my 25 years. This is way better. This is way, way, way better. But that's, uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. But this is this is a guy that's got some loyalty, right? He does. Oof. I mean, he's living up to the fight song. I mean, and you're, loyal you're, son. There you go. True. Woo! Sixty-eight point five million. Dennis Dodd, not some guy in his basement. Nope. 
Not some guy that's got, you know, 15 tw- <laughs> Twitter followers. And an egg for his picture. <laughs> and an egg for his picture. He's covered it for a long time. Uh, I didn't, I had no idea. It's the first I've heard. Has anybody um, come out and like a Randy Peterson mm-hmm. or Travis Hines or Chris Williams and said that story is they'd heard the same thing? Uh, I hadn't seen that part of it. I did find it interesting because the first place I saw it was with our buddy Michael Swain at 24-7. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I had seen the report. So it went that direction, but I looked around. I went over to Fanatic, didn't see anything there, and went a couple of different places. Now, they do have articles up at this point about it, but nothing either refuting it <sighs> or saying, my sources say the same thing. Right. We knew the Jets were involved, right? I mean, the, the Jets were talked about a little bit more and that right because they had had that offer two years ago as well yep but do you remember yes i remember the lions were were mentioned but it was like a passing passing, thing yes yes, it was i didn't think there was anything really to it but if they really did come to the table and and i don't even know if campbell was, was it was his agent he was talking with i'm assuming wow i haven't seen it shot down uh dodd said as much and he stuck with it. That's an that's life changing again. As Trent said, and you're right, Trent. That's life saving money, or life changing money. But he's making life changing money yes. in Story yeah. County. Uh, let's get David real quick, and then we will get to a break. We'll give you the keyword coming up. Stand by for your chance. Not uh, life changing money, but a thousand dollars goes a long way. Uh, David, welcome to the program. Hey, I got a question for both of you. So, I mean, obviously this comes out. Nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. You think maybe, and that he has maybe a deal, like he wouldn't leave for Ohio State or Notre Dame. Do you think he's got maybe a verbal with, say, Notre Dame if Chip leaves, or you know what I mean, like, you know, like he might have something in his back pocket that he would turn something mm. like that down? Because obviously he's being very selective in what he's doing. Yeah. Um, do you think he dislikes it at Iowa State? Well, he's certainly shown that he does so yeah. far. Interesting question, David. Thanks for the call. Um, we I don't know of any connection that would be deep enough that would be a when he goes, the job is yours. Right, and I've never heard him say this. It's always been spe- – if Campbell's going to go, there's only a couple of jobs. He's right? an Ohio guy. Right. And oh. we know how deep Ohio State is. Right. But Ryan Day's doing a really nice job yes. there. And unless that guy bolts to the NFL, yeah. there are any college jobs that Ryan Day's leaving for. What's, a, what's, our, what's our new, uh, what's our, oh, Sawyer. Jack Sawyer. Jack Sawyer. That Bill Bender was talking about yeah. yesterday, yeah. the next Bosa. <laughs> I'm going to remember that name. I can't wait to watch Mr. But point being is they get five-star after five-star. Yeah. Uh, it, fair question, David. Does he have a wink s- and a nod? Swarbrick at Notre Dame. Do you see him doing nah, something like I that? I don't, because... I, because it's, it'd be hard if, if I don't think it's going to happen, but if Iowa State all of a sudden reverts to yeah. that three and nine team, that wink and the nod, is it really going to be there? <laughs> right. No, it's not. Well, and even that, even if they go back to seven and five this year, I mean, the, how quickly yeah. the nature changes, uh-huh. you go through a season like that where you just take a small, mm-hmm. just go back two years ago. Remember mm-hmm. all those close wins that went their way last year? Right. Two years ago, they didn't. Right, and they were seven and five. Mm-hmm. It can happen very quickly. Sixty-eight point five million dollars. Dennis Dodd reported. You can find it at cbssports.com. It's part of. Uh, it was a video. Hassel, Hassel was anchoring it. Oh, okay, um, part of their HQ programming. Yeah, part of yeah. the HQ programming. There was four. There was four talking heads. Hassel was one. Dennis Dodd was another. 
And there was two others. Anyways, time for that. Uh, do you have a home run queued up? I do not. No, I uh, was too busy apparently with sports last night. That's <laughs> fine by me. I understand completely. Time for that $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Once you get there, KXNO.com. A pop-up box will appear. When it does, in this hour, enter the keyword deposit, deposit, and you might be depositing $1,000 in your bank account. Deposit. Deposit at KXNO.com. Ryan Fagan on MLB. Coming up in the second hour of the program, in addition to John Bowen Camp, we'll talk to the Randy Wayho for the Iowa Cubs. Likewise, Joe Stacy, Barnstormers get set to get back on the field. The voice of the Barnstormers will join us to preview the season for a few minutes at about 11.40. Miller and Condon with you until noon on 1460 KXNO 106.0. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. On a Thursday, we take you up until noon on 1460 on the AM dial, 106.3 on the FM dial, wherever you're listening. We appreciate that you are. We also appreciate our relationship with the Sporting News. Vinny Iyer Monday, Bill Bender yesterday. A couple of great resources. Why not continue to mine that resource? Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News covers MLB. Uh, and we're grateful that you found time for us. Ryan Trent Condon, Ken Miller in Des Moines. Thank you. How are you, Ryan Fagan? I'm doing well. You guys have Bill and Vinny on, huh? Those are the the heavy hitters. Couple of the big names, and glad to have yeah. you. And uh, and I, as I said to Trent yesterday morning, we got to reach out to Fagan. I loved with the way you were covering the uh, Tony Larusa, uh, your man Mercedes stuff from the other night. I know it's you know almost forty eight hours old now, uh, but it's yeah. still one of the stories that I think a lot of folks are going to be talking about. Look, Tony LaRusso is getting the last laugh, right? He's got the best team maybe in the American League. Um, but boy, oh boy, I thought that his age really showed, and the game needs to, you know, and I'm a 62-year-old guy, but it needs new blood, right, if it's going to continue to thrive, I feel. And that I don't think it's a good look. I think it's losing a generation, perhaps, of the younger generation wants to see the home run. They don't want to see what Tony LaRusso wants to continue to put out there. Right, and to, to me, there's, there's there's two completely different arguments going on. Right, one of them is about, oh, you got to have respect for your opponents, you got to do this and you got to do that, and that's what Tony's standing up for, and that's why he's right. And, yeah, go go Tony Larusa, go old school guard. But really, really, what we're looking at here, if we break it down to the, the, this essence, it's one pitch. Right, <laughs> if he takes the three zero pitch, it's a strike. And he swings and hits a home run on a three-one pitch. Nobody talks about it. Right. Nobody talks about it. It's not mentioned. It's a footnote in a sixteen-to-four game. Nobody cares. But what we're arguing about here is the difference between swinging three-zero and three-one. And somehow that has translated into a lack of respect, a generation that doesn't care, and a lack of sportsmanship. And that's what's insane to me. Right, that's why it's being you know it's been blown to this level that it has. That non-baseball people are commenting on it, right? You know, and and you got like NFL people jumping in and all these different things. And 
it's crazy. Like, it's one thing to have respect and, and sportsmanship. You don't want to go out there, you know, punching the other team when you're running around the bases. But, man, this is just not what we should be arguing about. It's really crazy. And the fact that La Russa has made it such a thing to the point that when the Twins threw at Mercedes the next day and he said, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. He deserved it, basically. That's crazy to me. And that's making it into something that it didn't need to be. Ultimately, the White Sox are really talented. And when they get completely healthy, which looks like it might happen late August, early September, if it plays out that way, this team, I think, is as talented as anybody in the American League. Crystal Bullet, how does this turn out? Does this work? Does maybe the White Sox overcome the ineptitude or the oldness of Tony La Russa? Or do you think this is a marriage that is going to fall apart and they're not going to be able to get to the heights they could with your average manager? Well, here's the thing. They they are really talented. There's a mm-hmm. great group of players, and there's a great group of leaders uh, among the players. You know, Jose Abreu is a guy I would take on my team every single day. He's the kind of guy you want in a clubhouse. Tim Anderson is a guy I would take on my team every single day. Lucas Giolito is a guy I'd take on my team every single day. This is a team that's capable of winning a World Series. Now, is it capable of winning because of La Russa, in spite of La Russa? Mm. I'm not so sure that a manager has that much of an impact on on what's going to happen. It, it comes down to the players, and the White Sox have the players to do it. You know, and and it's as a lot of people have pointed out, Tony La Russa is is raising such a big deal, such a fuss about this unwritten rule that has been broken. When I mean, he didn't know the extra inning rule right. a couple weeks ago. Yep. That's crazy. He's he's so concerned about this thing, and he didn't even know how the game is actually being played in 2021 now granted the runner on second rule is is, i like to call it the magic runner rule because it's ridiculous it's not baseball Mm. but you still got to know it Mm -hmm. if you're the manager you know and yeah so there's just all these things and you know that's off on another tangent but to answer your question yeah this team is absolutely talented enough to win the world series especially when you got guys like surprises like carlos rodan coming back and throwing the way he has, that that makes a big, big difference. And then he takes a shot at Lance Lynn, you know? That's why he's yeah. got a locker and I've got right. an office. I mean, gosh. Yeah, well, that's why Lance Lynn will be in the majors in two years. So will not be. Fair, fair point. I want to, I want to get to... Um, I'm going to, obviously, with the no-hitters we'll talk about in a second. But Aaron Boone threw something, and I don't think he was kidding. And it's the first time I'd heard it when he was asked for his solution, you know, in blowout games like we saw uh, at Target Field the other day and with a, with a position player uh, pitching and Mercedes taking him deep. And Aaron Boone was asked, do you have a solution for this? And he brought up a mercy rule, which I thought was ridiculous yeah. in pro sports. But at the, at the same time, I got to give him credit for kind of thinking outside the box that if you get to a certain point after a certain amount of innings, I mean, we see it in high school football, right? When one team's crushing the other, the clock doesn't stop. Um, right. But high school football is a long way from Major League Baseball. I give Aaron Boone credit on one hand for at least coming up with something and answering the question and being willing to put his you-know-what on the line. Not that it's ever going to happen. Have you heard that, and you have you heard anything like that? Similar solutions to perhaps prevent this. Well, I, I'd like to think that Aaron Boone is Aaron Boone is reading my columns regularly, which ah. I don't think is really happening. But last year, when the whole dust up between Fernando Tatis Jr. and Chris Woodward, the manager of the Rangers, happened, when Tatis hit a three zero grand slam in the eighth inning, I actually wrote that in the column. Wow. I wrote that there should be 
a mercy rule in baseball. And it's not because I think there should be, right? I hate the idea of a mercy rule. But what I really hate is the fact that this is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And if a manager is saying, I don't think my team can win, so I don't think you should try, right? They're putting that on the player, and that's not right. That's not fair. So if you really think the other th- team should try, shouldn't try, should stop trying, you should stop the game. You, as the manager of a team that's losing by a lot, should stop the game. Because if nothing, and like, would the manager actually do that? I don't know. But at least they couldn't complain about the other team trying, <laughs> right? And it really is crazy. And, and here's the other thing. The sanctity of baseball, uh, of completing a nine-inning game, getting 27 out, mm-hmm. playing until somebody wins on merit, it's gone. Right. I hate that, but it's right. gone, right? We have seven-inning scheduled doubleheaders. We have magic runners appearing at second base in the 10th inning. The sanctity of it, gone, you know? And if that's really the problem, if we're really concerned about player safety, if we're really concerned about all these things that MLB says we're concerned about, then just end the game when it's over, when for all intents and purposes, it's over. Forget the fact that it does happen. You know, eight-run comebacks happen. Ten-run comebacks happen. If these managers don't want to try to do that, let them end the game. You know, and I would hate it. I would hate to see it happen. But at least then we wouldn't hear about this. Because, you know, the Twins couldn't say, he shouldn't have been swinging, and the White Sox fans could say, "Well, you could have ended the game, and you didn't." So you know, let's let's put it on let's put it on you, the manager, the people who are complaining. Um, do I think it's ever going to happen? I, I mean, I, I don't know. We have magic runners on second base now, <laughs> and that's crazy to me. So really, I mean, anything is possible. Duck with Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News as we take a look around Major League Baseball here on Miller & Condon. Uh, Want to jump to the no-hitters and another night, another no-hitter, back-to-back. There, there was, for such a long time, and maybe it's my era, maybe it's my age, I'm in my early 40s, but you know, I remember Chris Basio throwing the no-hitter for, <laughs> wow. for Seattle and yeah. oh, what an advantage it was. Randy Johnson, he's the number two, it was, but... It was a conversation piece. And David Wells in the perfect game hung over as hell against the Twins in 98. And all these different stories. Now, almost feels like the stories don't even matter. They, they Because it's happening so frequently, we don't have those stories anymore. Your thoughts overall, six no-hitters this season, and what this says about today's game of baseball. Well, I mean, the craziest thing to me is that it's of the six teams that have gotten no-hits, I mean, it's, it's three teams. Right. It's Cleveland twice, the Mariners twice, and the Rangers twice. Yep. That, to me, is the most bizarre thing in this whole thing. And, you know, it's, it, 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 it doesn't – look, when something happens more often, it doesn't feel as special. I, I don't deny that. That's absolutely the truth. It's still really hard to get to mm-hmm. a, a 27-out game or a seven-inning game with, um, with, without allowing a hit against major league hitters, even though, you know, the Tigers aren't very good. Um, the Rangers have been actually better than some people thought, and the same thing with the Mariners, but they still have a lot of holes in their lineup, um, or at least guys that can be pitched to, let me put it that way. Um, so, you know, it's not like they're going out there and, you know, no hitting the Dodgers or no hitting a healthy Yankee lineup. But, you know, it, it's never been about that. You know, most of the no hitters you'll see in baseball history have been against teams that probably weren't that great, mm-hmm. and that's why these great pitchers have been able to, to, to thrive in that situation. I actually just went through in the last 20 minutes, went through a box of 1990 upper deck baseball cards, pull out the cards of every pitcher 
that threw a no-hitter in 1990. In 1990, there were nine. Wow. They called that the year of the no-hitter. And after that year, Commissioner Faye Vincent put together a committee to look at how the baseball was going to define the no-hitter going forward. Because in that year, one of those nine was Melito Perez, who threw a six-inning no-hitter that was ended by rain. Right? Mm. Andy Hawkins threw an eight-inning no-hitter, and then only he only threw eight innings because the Yankees lost. Mm-hmm. Because they had a couple of walks and a couple of errors, and they lost the game like four to nothing. Right? So they went back through, and after the nine, when people were asking questions, why is this a no-hitter? Is it cheap? And baseball actually went through and rewrote the rules. So two of those nine were gone. It also took another, like, I think 30-some-odd no-hitters off the books that huh. are on there. So I'm curious to see if this keeps happening. You know, there's no real way to address what's happened this year because we already don't count Madison Bumgarner's. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about the six, we're not talking about Mad, Mad Bum throwing a seven-inning no-hitter. And the reason his doesn't count is because of what happened in 1990. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what baseball does. You know, the, base, the actual baseball itself this year is a little bit different. Offense is down all over the place, um, and this seems to be the, the personification of that. Hmm. I want to ask you about the Angels. Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News. A couple more minutes. We'll let you go, and appreciate you being as generous with your time as you are. Obviously, the Mike Trout situation is awful, but Shohei Otani yeah. is absolutely uh, appointment television, uh, worth the price of admission, all those cliches. He is. I, I think I'd much rather see him bat than pitch. I mean, he, he's kind of like got a little Vladdy Guerrero senior in him yeah. where the ball doesn't yeah. need to be in the strike zone and it's leaving ballparks. My God, he's something. He is, he is so much fun to watch right now. So much fun. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was great. You know, those, you know, we talk about the pitching versus hitting and it's almost, I'm, I'm tired of people talking about comparison to Babe Ruth now because we know that, right? We know that. So right. let's just talk about what he's actually doing right now and these amazing things that he's doing as a hitter. And as a pitcher, it's not that he's – it's not amazing because he's decent at both. It's amazing because he's really, really good at both, right? Mm-hmm. He's not just kind of getting by both ways. He's actually thriving and helping his team win. Well, the Angels, so helping them win a little bit um, when, when he's out there. And, you know, MLB did a uh, – put together a video, I think it came out yesterday, maybe the day before, that showed all the ways he's hit home runs. Like one of the home runs he hit was on a pitch that was like four and a half feet above the plate one of the pitches he hit was a foot above the plate right that's a big big gap to be hitting home runs one of the pitches was like a foot like a foot inside and he still turned on it man keep it fair and hit it out of the ballpark so it really is funny and it really is fun to watch and you know Vladdy Guerrero senior is a great a great comparison because you never knew what pitch he was going to hit out of the ballpark and it was so much fun to watch him do that and Otani has really been that that same kind of way this year. Yeah, and an angel as well, although yes. I remember more as an expo and always will anyway. Yeah. Finish with this for me, Ryan, and uh, see you do a lot as it pertains to old baseball cards. You just mentioned that, pulling the guys yeah. from the 90 upper deck. And it's an industry that I used to love when I was a youngster. I know how it's blown up over the last year plus with so many people staying home and the like. So fill us in a little bit about the industry, what you know. I saw you had an article up at Sporting News talking about the decision by Target pulling baseball yeah. cards. You can't buy them anymore. Just how crazy this industry has become. It, it really is. It really has been just mind-blowing. And not just for people like me who have collected a little bit. You know, and I didn't collect for, I mean, I, I pretty much stopped in ninety three or 94 when I went to college and then, you know, picked it back up again about a year and a half. Really, honestly, like last February, 
So huh. a month or two yeah. before the pandemic really sat in. You know, and it's, you know, I, I look back through some of the things I bought on eBay. And I bought like a two box lot of like 1991 per deck. I bought it for $23 total, two boxes, $23. Those same two boxes that were selling for over $100 each <laughs> last month, right? The prices have gone crazy. And the thing with Target, you know, Panini and Tops, you know, Panini does um, a lot of different brands and the Tops has theirs. There's only two baseball cards out there now. Um, they stopped, Target stopped selling cards because there's been a lot of harassment. There's been a lot of flippers. They go to Target, buy a pack for 10 bucks, turn around and sell it on eBay for 30 You know, that's a nice little way to make a profit. But those people started getting really aggressive. They started tracking distributors, doing all these sorts of things. And then there was an incident in Wisconsin where there was a fight in the parking lot and somebody <laughs> flashed a gun, wow. right? That stood everything down. Target has pressed pause. So the story I did, um, I guess two days ago, was kind of looking at who's to blame. And they're really, uh, the blame, it's, it's credi- incredible how much it spreads around. Right, there are seven or eight different entities that you could blame, but there, for all seven or eight of those, there's justifications for their actions, and so it, it really is really a fascinating thing, right now. And then last night I talked to um, one of the the VPs at Panini on kind of how we move forward. What do we do? What do we do to fix this little problem and to continue the momentum that the card industry has had right now? Because it, it really is a great thing, and as long as this incident and this situation to target becomes a hiccup in, in history, it's a good thing. So I, I just talked to him last night, and we'll write something uh, today that'll probably be out tomorrow. Well, we will read it at sportingnews.com. Ryan Fagan, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, and if okay with you, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thank you, Ryan Fagan. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Ryan Fagan, from the Sporting News, we talked a little baseball and a little MLB cards. You, I thought it was Darren Rovell slipped right. in for a second there. And, and I, I get a kick out of those things. Ryan's done this yet, no, for a while. Yeah. And seeing He's a good writer. Those, yes, he is. Those baseball cards that I remember of my youth, mm-hmm. and seeing it pop up, and oh, I remember that picture. I remember that card. Nah. I remember what it said there on the back. There were some classics, weren't oh, there? Oh, no doubt. I mean, these guys were no names, but still, mm-hmm. the picture was... Um, Billy Ripken. Billy Ripken. Blank face. Jeez. We will take our final time out of hour number one. If you missed it earlier, I think you can still do it. Deposits, the keyword for the 10 o'clock hour at KXNO.com. If you can't, well, at about 1125, we'll give you the next one. John Bowen Camp in hour number two. We're going to take a look at two of the local teams uh, with uh, Randy Wayho from the Iowa Cubs about 1125. And then Joe Stacy, the voice of the Barnstormers, about 1135, 1140-ish. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.5. KXNO 106.3 FM. Speaking of the Rolling Stones, we weren't, but we're listening to them. Keith Richards has quit drinking. No. 70. What the hell is going on in this world? Right? Late 70s. I don't know. 75, 76. Quit drinking and smoking. He said he just had enough. So now just what? Edibles? I have no idea. I mean, how is this dude alive, right? He can't just go cold turkey. Oh, my gosh. What a talent, though. It, what an incredible. They, those dudes are all in their late 70s. They entertained the hell out of me at Soldier Field a couple yeah. of Junes ago. That was unbelievable. Uh, anyways, coming up in hour number two. Oh, by the way, just one real quick nugget. Big 12 Media Days have been announced. Mm-hmm. They're in person. They're in Dallas. 
14th and 15th of June. Wednesday, Thursday is where that falls. Wednesday, Thursday. Okay. Uh, have you seen anything on the Big Ten? Still haven't seen anything yet. Because the SECs, I think most of the Power Five conferences have announced. What's Kevin Warren waiting on? Is he going to hold the media days in October? Well, <laughs> don't don't give him any ideas. <laughs> I wonder about Chicago. Is there... I think Chicago's open, isn't it? It is. It's but getting not, there. But not full, isn't it? Okay. Indoor, who knows about, you know. Well, it's one Chicago's thing for a sporting hit hard. event. Yeah, Chicago was hit hard. One. Oh. Indianapolis. No. How about just move it here? Yeah. <laughs> that would work. Yeah, it would work. Well, John Bowenkamp coming up. We'll talk some Big Ten with John, some Dodgers, some other stuff to kick off the second hour of the program. Bottom of the hour, Randy Wayho from the Iowa Cubs. They play a noon 12.08 first pitch today. And what's it doing outside? No rain right now. And Joe Stacy on the Barnstormers. Busy hour coming up next on 1460 and 106.3 FM.